It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Keyshawn, J-Will, and Max. Key, what we're about to find out in this next series for me in the Eastern Conference, like man in the arena, like that whole... Like Shabago, like that is Shibago. Yeah, I'm into Shabago. Yeah, yeah, happened again. Yeah, happen. no, I'm into Shabago. Like a shebang, yeah. but not exactly a shebang. Shibango. A whole bag of shebang. Yeah, Shabago. <laughs> it was a Shabako. Not a Shabago. That's some. That's the whole bag. A Shabako is like a debacle. You changed the pronunciation and the meaning. James Whatever. Thing I was meant making the whole a joke deal. It was an absolute Shabako for the Suns in Game Seven. I'm nasty at Boggle. Yeah, nasty at Boggle. Been playing since I was a little boy. Boggle's fun. And then just Shah and Boggle just happened. Then there's Bananagrams. You ever play Bananagrams? No. Yeah, yeah. What's Bananagram? That's like 2.0, brother. Is that online? No, no. It's like you get in a bag with pieces. It's like Boggle, but Boggle 2.0. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fresh. Yeah, I got to check that out. Yeah, Bananagrams is fresh. So so Boggle just happened. Sometimes things pop off like that, Max. I don't know what to tell you. You did something in the last segment that I think could revolutionize speech. I got the bill done. I think it could revolutionize the English language. Because you were, we were talking, well, I, I wanted to make sure I heard this right. We're going to play it in a second. We were talking about the Bradley Beal deal that's a, that's a, that's just, to the Suns. Say that slowly again. That's a mouthful. The Bradley Beal, Beal deal, deal. One of those tongue twisters. To the Suns. Okay. It does almost sound redundant yeah, to say yeah, Bradley, Bradley Beal, Beal deal, deal, doesn't it? Yes. Well, listen to what you said last segment. I, I guess you didn't even realize it. They received a lot of calls after the Bradley Beal got done. After the the Bradley Bradley Beal got done. When the word rhymes or a name rhymes with the next word, the intended meaning is implied. You can get rid of the word. You got the Beal done. You got the Bradley Beal done. Yeah. I mean, that sounds dope to me. My brother and his best friend used to talk about like if it was raining outside, they they go on and on with sport. Like, yo, it's uh, you know, it's Mickey Rivers out there. Anything that had to do with water and an athlete, <laughs> right? Or or even yeah, if it's Billy know, Ocean out there, whatever it was. It's Philip Rivers out there. Yeah, yeah, Philip Rivers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Mickey Rivers. That tells you how old I am. Yeah, Center fielder like, for the Yankees. Like, Mick the Quick. All right, listen. Mick the Quick. They would go on and on though. They, you have no idea how many people have names that mean something with water, something yeah. with ice or rain or something. You know. Hey, by the way, when you bridge and you say listen, like, am I, uh, are we not listening? I don't, that's like probably a verbal tick. You I love it that you said, all right, listen, listen up here. Yeah. All right. I well, like now that, you've made me self like, conscious you know, it, of something. No, because every time you do it, I actually listen, but I'm like, I've been listening trick. to you. Yeah, it little works. Subliminal trick. Yeah, I like it. Did the so Suns. You didn't do it there. Why? Did because you I was con- you've made you're, me self conscious yeah. and you've now ruined me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now ruined. Now, now it's an awkward yep. pause before you yep. No, get into it. The Bradley Beal got done. It did get done. It did get done. Let me see. Beal also rhymes with meal. I can't keep that. Yeah. Uh, steel. Steel. Uh, real. Seal, yeah. Yeah. Like Navy Seal. Seal, sure. Yeah, are we just going to go through all the words? You know, Bradley, that so Beal, you know what I mean? Peel, like real Peel, yeah. But the Bradley Beal did get done. Yeah, the Bradley wheel. And you're Bradley not crazy Beal. about the construction. Beeling and wheeling. Let me ask you this: He's beeling and wheeling. Yeah, he's beeling and wheeling. Tell Clyde. Yeah. There you uh, go. Let, the construction of the team. I understand they have to flesh out the roster, 
But I'm kind of with Perk about this, Jay, in that he's like, let's not overthink this. I overthought it when the Nets brought in James Harden. Injuries aside, I was like, eh, I don't know if they're going to defend well enough. Jay, there was a time where the three of those guys were playing together for a minute and they had like the worst defensive rating in the league and they're still winning most of their game. Right? Like, there's sometimes where you got so much of something on one team. So I get the concerns about roster construction, obviously lack of depth. They don't have a whole team even, the whole thing. Man, if you got Booker and KD and Beal, how much more do you have to do? Yes, you need to get some big bodies to throw at Jokic in the playoffs. Yes, you're going to have to get ideally some 3 and D guys, probably given what you can afford. It's going to be 3 or D guys, right? I get it. But damn, man, you're, you're a lot of the way there to me. Yates, play the sound. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, wrong, Was that me? wrong, wrong. Quarterback. I, I look. <laughs> it did, right? Big threes that work. Who is typically at the centerpiece of the big three? So you just made mention of James Harden, Kyrie, and KD. How many assists did James Harden average per game? A lot. Was he leading the league in assists? Yeah, he usually is, though, yeah. Okay. LeBron James, D Wade, Chris Bosch. Mm-hmm. Who was the maestro of that team that got everybody involved? Mm-hmm. Right? So, LeBron James. Like but he, you said he, Devin Booker with the ball in his hand is what they're looking for. That's yeah, why not but, to bring in but, James Harden. But wait, but wait. But Devin Booker playing at a faster pace. It doesn't mean that you have the higher ability to execute. So, like, what I get worried about now having this team, and I'm, look, there's a lot of pros to this team. I'm not talking about, like, professional player. Pros and cons, right? We can go through the pros and the cons, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. One of the cons is there's redundancies. So, the tendency now is when one of these guys is playing off the ball, what happens to them? Can they be active off the ball? Are, are there habits that are instilled with them playing off the ball and being active? This isn't a continuity system that you have that Golden State ran. You have a defensive-minded head coach in Frank Vogel. That bodes who, well, though. It, it does. You yeah. need that if you have the right pieces. If you're telling me KD is going to be an all-defensive player and buy-in, that takes away from what he does in the offensive end, right? You have Kevin Young, who's one of the best young assistant coaches in the game of basketball, who is good and gifted on the offensive end. But now you're saying if you're having KD be that off-the-ball player, I don't want a passive Kevin Durant. I want an active, aggressive Kevin Durant. That's when he's at his best. Right, So now you have three guards that all need the balls in the hands, to a degree, to be active. So who's the person that makes the game easier for everybody? Well, I understand what you mean. That's why I like James Harden on the team. But you're not, if you're saying Devin Booker is the guy with the ball in his hands, then I suppose that Bradley Beal, even though he's not the purest shooter in the league, but he can shoot, Bradley Beal just gives you another guy who can get his like who can score at all three levels and get his own shot right now you have three guys you got to worry about oh, I, that. I, I, that's one of my pros by the way as you were talking Jay all I could do was you said Vogel and I thought is he vocal enough about it you said Kevin Young and I thought I, is now he old I'm putting enough every for the job yeah no, or like he's Kevin Young <laughs> enough to I'm doing that with every name now it's driving me crazy we just do it though it's a fun I, game to play I, I don't know if it is fun but, but, yeah. but you you say that though so now you're gonna have multiple possessions where is Bradley Beal not gonna touch the ball and there will be possessions where he doesn't yes but I would suppose that you would want the kind of offense where that ball moves and these guys can just 
you know, sometimes if you, if you have Mikhail Bridges, I always think of, he, he was perceived as a three and D plus guy, but the reason he was so good at his job is because he could do a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Right. But sometimes when you have them, you know, doing a little less than the most they can do on every play, they become really, really good at the other stuff and they have another dimension you have to worry about. So I understand all that, but the thing that makes championship teams great, and I'm not saying that Phoenix can't be a championship team because they have the potential to be. You want a they're, they're not a complete team yet. Mm-hmm. By the way, they have star-studded individuals, right? We don't know what system they're going to play in, and we don't know what roles they're going to lock into. Like, championship teams have role players. Like, think about Aaron Gordon and how – yeah. Devastating he was. Devastating. Right? For Miami and for Iguodala the Lakers with the, and with the, for yeah. Golden State. Golden State yeah. uh, that, that's a glue guy, right? A, a lockdown guy. Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, another piece. If you can get a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, that's if the Boston Celtics are willing to engage in a talk like that. That's if they don't find Robert Williams or Al Horford to be attractive for them moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, or, uh, would you – I mean, I know the Suns would take, like, a Malcolm Brogdon and a Peyton Pritchard if that was – on the on the exchange list I for DeAndre Aiden? If only they had like a Chris Paul type <laughs> to orchestra. So Chris Paul, meantime, found out about his his the trade to the Wizards as of now. We'll see where he winds up. We just up. talk for a second about like, how he found out. Yeah, and this I, is yeah, what I found it. disrespectful. Yeah, I'm going to play it right now. Okay. He found out about it. On, on He talked about it on Good Morning America. That's just a back and forth with crew. Oh, GMA with Michael Strahan? Right up there. Yeah. There it is. Yes. Chris I- Paul on Good Morning America, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm driving in this morning, and we got the ticker tape thing outside of our building. What is And that? I see this potential blockbuster deal between you and Bradley Bill that may take you from Phoenix to Washington and vice versa. I was surprised. What are your first thoughts on that? I was surprised, too. <laughs> <laughs> I found out on the plane yesterday flying here for this. You know, in this league, anything can happen, so you just – Figure out what's next. You literally found out on the plane. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. What George, was your first reaction? <laughs> don't push him any further. He's trying to be nice about yeah, it. He yeah, he is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> so, so personally, this is what I would find disrespectful. I didn't find out from my owner. I didn't find out from my GM and James Jones or my new owner in Matashibia. Mm-hmm. I found out from my son via text when I landed mm-hmm. in Teterboro. Like, my son sent me a text, and that's how I found out I was traded. That would really make me angry. Mm-hmm. But I also got news for everybody. No one gives a damn. Chris Paul, by the time his earnings are done, has made close to over $400 million, one of the highest-paid players in NBA history. But on the other hand, they weren't polite about the way they went about this one that's thing. The way, I'll take the that's 400 the way mil, business works, Max. Yeah. But what about those who would say it's either? It's not either-or. You can— you can both you can be, have yeah. a very lucrative business and also do things in a way that's, you know, respectful. Of course. I mean, look, I would have appreciated a call from my owner or my general manager mm-hmm. that I have a longstanding relationship with in James Jones. That Why would nice. they do it this way, Jay? I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the reasoning is behind that. Is, might it have something I mean, to do with you want to get everything in place because still it's several days before the deal gets done, before you present it to Chris Paul because if he's not happy with it, you don't want him blowing it up or something? Well, I mean, look, there, there's, there's nothing to be said. Like, I wouldn't tell Chris Paul if I were James Jones two days leading into it. I right. wouldn't say anything. I, I, I would be honest with him, though, about the situation. Be like, look, I would like for you here, but 
We're also trying to win a championship. So that might take us down different paths if we're being frank and transparent with each other. In an interview with the New York Times, Chris Paul said the Phoenix Suns owner Matt Ishibia and Ishibia's friend Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah, but Isaiah Thomas, who we've had on the show, of course, friend of the show. I mean, Zeke had on every big... show I've ever done practically on radio. Um, uh, Isaiah has a way of becoming the trusted basketball mind to owners who are looking for answers, I find, right? So anyway, Isaiah, that Ishibia and Isaiah Thomas may have, quote, wanted to go in a different direction. By the way, Max, in the New York Times article, he said their names combined five times. Mm-hmm. It, it just wasn't one time he said it. He, he kept referencing Matt and Isaiah. Now, look, Zeke is like a big brother to me. Yeah, Zeke, come all-time on. all-time favorite player. Zeke needs to come, jump back on I, the line. I agree quick. with the move. Yeah. I agree with the move. Right. I, I, CP3, if, if that is the case. He's 38 years old, and he's never healthy in the playoffs. If I, Zeke know. did give that advice to Matt, or I'm sure Matt have received advice from his brother Justin and you know James Jones and this collective of people around the organization, it's the right move. The execution of the move, though, I disagree with. I would have done it differently. But that's, it, James Harden is on the wrong side of 30 and getting up there. Chris Paul is almost 40. There was a star player in Bradley Beal who's 29-30 who's it. still in his prime. And as Kendrick Perkins said, sometimes you don't need to overthink it. You have three guys at this level. Your team ought you be you should be able to fill out the ros- the roster in such a way that you are very, very good. I understand the move. Speaking of Chris Paul, he's going to join Harry and Fitz. Fitz and Harry is the name of the show, Jay. Fitz and Harry, not Harry and Fitz, like you just said. At one fifteen p.m. I, my voice sounds so different than yours. I, have I don't know why you said it. Last- Two minutes. How did the Bradley Beal get done? That's the question. <laughs> there it is. Love it. Where's the best landing spot for Chris Paul? For real? We're going to get into that, KJM. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. And as promised, ladies and gentlemen, Wyndham Clark. 2023 U.S. Open champion. Morning, champ. How's it feel to be the U.S. Open champion? Wyndham, are you there? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Sorry. No, all good, man. How's it feel? 
<laughs> it's uh, it's still a little surreal. I uh, just got off a plane about three hours ago, and um, and I'm here now. So it's uh, it's been a whirlwind. When I got to tell you, I, I was talking to, uh, to the guys before on Sunday uh, with all my kids playing in the backyard. I literally cracked open the beer, and I was watching it down the stretch. Just take me in two for a second, man. Um, obviously, a guy like Rory McIlroy, right, who has won four majors, hasn't won one in a long time. I think it's like a seven- or eight-year drought for him. Um, obviously, with the fans behind him so much, how did that factor into you in the closing stretch, or did it not at all? Was it something you didn't even pay attention to? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, um, you know, the atmosphere was very much uh, heavily in, in favorite for Rory and Ricky, and, um, you know, it just was kind of some motivation and extra fuel, um, if you will, for me to to just want to go out there and prove that I'm just, just as good as those guys and I can win on the biggest stage. Man, you won the Wells Fargo Championship <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and now you turn around and you win the U.S. Open. Uh, what has these last six weeks been for you in your career? You know, I think it's just been a testament to all the hard work that I've put in at such a young age. And, you know, I thought I'd have a little more success early on in my career. But, um, you know, there's timing and everything, and, you know, this is better than I could have ever imagined. I had a bunch of chances this year to win and didn't pull it off. And, you know, at times it was getting frustrating. But I just um, kept believing good things were going to happen. And, you know, I won at Wells, which then kind of gave me the confidence that, hey, I can do it. And belief that, you know, I am as good as these guys and I can win out here. And, and so when I was, you know, on the back nine on Sunday, I had that belief and said, hey, I've done this before. I can do it again. Wyndham Clark, 2023 U.S. Open champion, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Wyndham, I, I, I lost my mom about two and a half months ago, and uh, the last two and a half months have been pretty pretty crazy for me. She was uh, the spirit of my life, and I got lucky enough to be the second pick in the draft, and frankly, the way she believed in me and, and kept talking positively to me throughout my younger years is what helped me get there, along with other people and my father as well, but... You know, I heard a story about your mother, Lisa, and how that played such an imperative role in your life. Can you take me through a little bit of what that experience was like and how you thought about her throughout this run that you've had? Yeah, well, first off, sorry to hear about your mother. It's, uh, it's never easy, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, and it's going to get tougher. But over time, you know, time really does heal all wounds, and that's kind of how it's been for me. But um, I was so blessed to have such a great mother. She was so positive and so caring. She was kind of my rock, um, with everything. And, you know, as my mom was, uh, sick, I was about, um, 18, 19 years old. And she told me kind of on her deathbed, she goes, I want you to play big. I want you to play for, play for something bigger, um, than yourself. And, you know, it's not just about you and you have a platform and you're going to be on the biggest stages in the world. And, um, you have a chance to go and show people um, what, you know, who you are and how much, um, you know, how good of a person you are on and off the golf course. And so she, she was, she was everything to me, um, you know, and crazy enough, even though she didn't play golf, she's the one that first got me into golf. She took me to the golf course at three and, um, you know, and she'd always come watch me and she was my biggest cheerleader. So I miss her very much, but I know she's looking down and she's, She's happy and um, really proud of me. Man, it had to be cool, Wyndham, to have pe- people come up to you 
uh, during the weekend and show you pictures of your mom in, your, in her 20s and 30s for the short stint that she lived in L.A. Uh, that just had to be a memorable experience overall. But I, I want to get back to golf for a second. For, that course looks so damn hard. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> you just take me. I, and I, I played some of the top courses in the country, not like you, obviously, but some really good ones. Just take me through the difficulty level of L.A. Country Club. Yeah, I mean it's it's a unique uh, unique course for a major championship, especially the U.S. Open, um, in the sense that normally the fairways are so narrow and you hit it in the rough and you can't hit it out. And this golf course actually was pretty generous off the tee, um, but the second shots in the greens were pretty pretty epic. And um, you know, if you were off on your approach shots, you would, could get yourself into some really tough positions and. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an amazing track, and especially coming down that back nine, you know, those last pretty much eight, nine holes, I mean, are all almost 500 yards. You're hitting a lot of long irons into into holes, and the greens were so firm. They're so fast, um, and it just felt like if you were off one little bit, you found yourself in such a tough position. So, um, you know, it was an amazing track, and it definitely goes down as one of my favorite courses ever. Talking to Wyndham Clark course the 2023 u.s open champ so you mentioned uh Wyndham, that you didn't feel that you had the success that you were anticipating early in your career you're still under 30 years old you're now a major winner a major champion what is the next major you look at and you feel like uh, that one i'm that's the one i get next um you know i mean we got i got another opportunity coming up in a, about four or five weeks um in the in the British British Open Championship, so um, you know I'm I'm a very competitive guy. I'm playing this week in in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm going to go try to win that one. Um, but as far as majors, I'm just looking at the next one. I I can't uh, you know I can't fast forward too much. I feel like for me, I, I'm the best, play the best um, when I kind of stay in the moment and focus on what's right in front of me. And, um, you know, that's that tournament this week. But obviously, I'm looking forward to going to, uh, to Hoylake and trying to make it number two. Wyndham Clark, 2023 U.S. Open champion, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Wyndham, tough question, but obviously I, I know this isn't going to be the first time you're going to need to address it. Uh, as we watch this merger uh, occur between the Live Tour and PGA, a guy like Jay Monahan obviously uh, has uh, decided to step away due to the need to recover from a medical situation. What are your thoughts on the merger, and how do you feel about the state of golf moving forward? You know, it's um, obviously it's it's a crazy time for golf. There's a lot of drama, um, and it's you know it's never had that. And you know, I, I we were a lot of us were in the unknown, and. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, I what I will say is, I think for golf, I think it's the going to be the best thing that the best players are going to be playing against each other every week versus right now being separated. Uh, you know, I just don't think it's the best thing for golf. So, um, so look going forward, I mean, it's going to be great always competing against guys like Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, and um, so you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I mean, <laughs> there's so many unknowns. We don't even know what it's going to look like. And um, the only thing I can do is control what I'm doing. And that's kind of what I'm going to, what I'm going to do. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully Jay gets healthy and, and can, you know, make golf and get golf back to being one of the best sports out there. 
Wendem, I have one last question for you before you get out of here, and it, it's just a it's a golfing nerd question. The eleventh hole, the par three, two ninety five. <laughs> that seems like one of the most difficult holes in golf. Uh, can you confirm that? I mean, was that as challenging as it seemed? Yeah, I mean the, that course. It's actually crazy. That course has so much variety. Um, you know, it's so cool because you go from hole six, which is like only two eighty par four downhill and then the next hole after it's a 280 par three and so it's basically like the same hole but they change pars and then you know then you get to the backside, and that's really where it starts getting tough which is on hole 11 and you're raised up you know going down to this green that looks really small and you're looking out at downtown los angeles which is pretty sick and you pretty much have to hit it within about a 20 yard window otherwise you're in the bunker or you're long left and then from there, it's like you're trying to get up and down from 30, 40 yards. And it was, uh, you know, it was really challenging. And that up and down for me on Sunday uh, was definitely all time for me. So it was, uh, you know, it was definitely a pretty pivotal hole in the tournament. Congratulations Wyndham again, Clark. Man. Yeah, Wyndham Clark. Incredible. Congratulations, 2023 U.S. Open champion. British Open coming up, I guess, you know, one tournament at a time. But next major, we'll see. Wyndham, congratulations. Congrats, man. Yep, thanks, guys. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance and joined now by Brian Windhorst himself, ESPN NBA insider, host of Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective hey. podcast. Wendy! Good morning. Wendy, I, good morning. I, you know, when, you, when the Beal deal goes down, you realize, okay, what tradable asset do they have? We're looking at... Talking at about Phoenix? De, yeah. Yeah, okay. DeAndre Ayton, what could you get from... Bobby Marks told me something that blew my mind yesterday, which he thinks you could break it down into three component parts, right? And I, I learned something new. Now I'm looking to learn something new and, and actually maybe get three rotation pieces for DeAndre Ayton. Now what, this is what I want to know from you. 
What's the market like for Draymond Green? I'm hearing conflicting reports from several teams make a lot of sense to actually it's just the Golden State Warriors. Well, I think there are some teams that would be interested in kicking the tires there. Um, Draymond has such a unique skill set. You wouldn't – there's some teams where it wouldn't make sense. And the other thing is he opted out of a $27 million contract. Um, he did that for a reason. You know, he's going to want to be well compensated. Um, he is a – he is not a guy who is going to make your team – a championship team. He is going to take a team that's very good and probably try to and try to elevate it because of some of that stuff he does. One of the things that you learn uh, after covering the NBA for years is teams that make it deep into the playoffs they typically they typically have players who are smart and tough. I'm telling you, you go back and look at the teams in the finals over the decades. You're going to find players in those teams who are smart and tough. Um, Draymond Green epitomizes that. He is the smart, tough, um, you know, symbol of the Warriors and all their titles. And so if you have a team that has a, that really is, you know, getting close to bring in a player of that nature would be huge. The problem is that most of those teams don't have the enormous amount of, of cap space that you would need. So I think a lot of teams would like him, but where he fits, where it makes sense in his career um, it's probably a pretty short list. So, the Wendy, who would be on that pretty short list? I mean, I think it, it, I, I would not be surprised if Detroit calls him, not because they're close, but his Michigan ties, and they have a bunch of salary cap space, and I don't know where they're gonna, where they're gonna, how close they're gonna finish. Um, you know what else they have going? Um, a team, a place where he would be absolutely amazing is Memphis. Uh, I think he would be a godsend for Memphis, uh, even though they have issues with each other. Um, Memphis doesn't have appreciable cap space, so it's not really a discussion. But that's a type of team that makes sense, a type of team where it's possible is Detroit. So you see the delta there that I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, guys, I think he's going to stay a warrior. Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't guarantee it because, um, you know, you got to hash out the money. And I don't even think – People necessarily. Do you guys understand the amount of money that it's costing the Warriors to keep this team together? Yes, nuts. But that, hey, hey, Wendy, that's what I mean. Like, if he in the NBA, with especially with the new CBA, you got to rob Peter to pay Paul. So, does this mean if he's most likely to resign with Golden State and he opted out of twenty-seven and a half million this year, that Clay is not going to remain on the team? Because if you have to resign Clay. At if he's looking for, he did average twenty this year. Whatever, he's not what he used to be. But so far, if you have to re-sign Clay to a large contract and you're bringing in Dre, presumably at something around twenty-seven and a half, but for multiple seasons, can you afford Clay Thompson, or does this signal that they're going to move on from Clay? So, Max, you've hit on it. I'm glad you're bringing this up because to me, if you're talking about Draymond Green, you have to also talk about Clay Thompson. So, if you go back and look at last summer. The Warriors got a deal done with Andrew Wiggins, and that contract extension included a $9 million pay cut. Wiggins is taking a $9 million pay cut from where he was last year to this year coming up. Um, For the Warriors to keep those guys together, to keep that core together, I don't see how they're not going to be able to, they're not going to, they're going to be able to do it unless they can get Draymond and Clay to consider taking pay cuts. And so, 
Draymond would opt out of 27, maybe take a reduction, and they would give him some years where he could get his guarantee up. I don't see how they're going to do it any other way. Clay is going in the last year of his deal at $43 million. I mean, I don't want to speak for Joe Lacob. Um, I don't know for sure, but I can do the math. I just don't see how it works going forward with what they're, with what the with the realities of it are. So, um, you know, now somebody who looks at their roster can say, well, then they shouldn't have paid Jordan Poole. And Jordan Poole coming on a new max contract this year, thirty million dollars, is really causing all this stress. I would agree with that. That that if if you know if they could find a way to trade Jordan Poole, it wouldn't surprise me. But I don't know if that's in the offing. Right now, if they're negotiating this, um, I don't see how they keep this team together unless one of one or both of them takes a, a a real pay cut, a meaningful pay cut. And if they don't, you know, maybe Draymond is willing to do that. And if he does, then I think we'll see what happens with Clay. But um, yeah, the, the amount of money is just staggering. The just on Draymond's contract alone, uh, they're going to face about a hundred and seventy-six million dollars in luxury tax. Oh my one seven six, and obviously you could take any piece of money out of there and you know and attach it to that because luxury tax is a graduated scale. But this, you know, this is not just a passing reference to money. This is, you know, insane money. Um, you know, Draymond represents a two hundred million dollar figure on their books because you figure that he was signed for twenty seven million and he costs one hundred seventy six in in, in in tax. So. That's, you know, you, you think it's not meaningful. He takes a few million dollars less. It's really meaningful, especially going forward. Wendy, we have about 30 seconds left to go, uh, but I am curious, how likely is it that you think Dame stays in Portland? So the, I don't have a good feel for that, Jay, because um, in the last day or two, the Blazers are kind of sending out signals in teams that they're, in, in teams that they're talking with that they may intend to keep that number three pick um, and draft with it because, you know, certainly they've been offered some some trade packages. It doesn't seem like they're in love with them. And Dame is on the record as saying he doesn't want to play with young players. He wants veteran help now. And I've gone back and checked if Dame still feels that way. And the answer is that I received was a forceful yes and so if the Blazer – it doesn't have to be the number three pick, I guess. I don't want to make it sound like it's all on that. But if the Blazers don't move that number three pick, which is their best asset, and they draft Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller and say this is where we're going forward, I can't predict what Dame will do in the following days. You imagine Scoot Henderson replaces Dame on that franchise, and then they flip Dame. And even from the point of view of a GM, it gives you more runway. I, I just put myself in the GM's position. A lot of interesting stuff coming up. I would up. say real quick, Max, yeah. I don't see a trade that, that, that they can really elevate them with that number three pick. If you were looking at this in a vacuum, you would say just rebuild. But right. it's not a vacuum. It's real life. It's, yeah. This is the greatest player in Blazers history, our, you know, most people feel. Yep, and because of that, and he's been such a loyal soldier or general, whatever, if he went to, to management and said, hey, I'd like to go to Miami, you would think that that would happen. Wendy, does he even know trade clause? No. <laughs> no. But they, he essentially they, has They were some, not crazy enough to give it to him. Yeah. He has some <laughs> version of it because an NBA superstar can always, you know, no one's going to trade for a guy who's going to be disgruntled when he gets there. And if he doesn't want to be where he is anymore, a lot of times they can sort of limit the market to who, to who you can trade them to in the first place. And in Dame's case, that may be 
exaggerated. So, you know, time will tell. Generally, you are correct. But yeah. there is a nuanced difference, particularly in the fact that the player doesn't have to approve the deal. He, he may say, I want, right. which, which, I want a certain team, but he doesn't have to approve the actual deal itself. Right, right. Got it. Brian Winhorst, ESPN NBA insider, of course. Thanks, Wendy, as always. My man. Take All right, Wendy. Imagine that Bradley Bill has a no-trade clause, but Dame does not. He's the only guy with it. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This is how they set you up. They splice and dice. They change up your sentence, and all of a sudden they cut you off right at last place would be the Warriors. I like how you changed even that expression. It's slice and dice, but you say splice and dice. Splice and dice. Well, splice is what they're doing in the control room. They're splicing. There you go. Splicing and dicing, baby. Mm -hmm. It's a new technology term, Max. Could have said slice and splice, but you said splice and dice. I think that's the right way to say it, as a matter of fact. And all of a sudden they cut you off, and that's what you say. Last place. I'm like, no, that's not. You said literally you had a list, one, two, three, four, five, Warriors five. No, I did not have a list. I did then, not have a list. Then you I, said I not last place Warriors. No. Did someone put those words in your mouth? Look, last. You even then change it to last Golden State Warriors. Who's I changed it? I haven't done anything. Can I, hear the, can I see the audio and video again, please? The full I just clip see. or the spliced and dice version? I just want to see the what you said. The spliced and dice version? You said last was the Warriors. Media propaganda. This is what happens. This is Keyshawn J. Willemax coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. John Morant. <laughs> Why'd you take such a deep breath? Well, you ever watch The Odd Couple? No, this is before your time. No. So Felix, the neat roommate, would say about Oscar, the messy So you're going to do the reference anyway, even though I haven't yeah. watched it? Fe- okay. Well, I'm explaining it. That's Felix, fine. the neat roommate, would say about Oscar, the messy roommate, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. That's how I feel right now about you. Ja, ja, ja. What are you doing? John Morant's camp reportedly feels like the NBA and media are out to get him. Tim McMahon, ESPN NBA reporter on the Hoop Collective podcast. Listen to this. I have heard indirectly that Ja and people close to Ja, perhaps people formerly close to Ja, have this feeling that the NBA is out to get him. The media is out to get him. And I just say, are you damn stupid? Why the, like, do you not think the NBA desperately wants this ridiculously entertaining young American superstar to succeed? Well, I I would say about that, Jay, on the first, in the first place, 
yes, we do like our athletes to succeed, but then we do like to tear them down and see them rise up from the ashes. I don't think that's what's going on here. South Park had an episode about this, and I think that phenomenon exists. I don't think that's what's going on here. And what's disturbing, if it's true, is that he does he shows bad judgment, shows bad judgment, puts stuff on Instagram, self you know, un, unforced error, self-inflicted damage, eh, eight-game suspension. He's not going to do that again. Does it again? 25-game suspension. So hopefully, what, if, if what McMahon's reporting is, if what he's hearing is right, hopefully that predates the, the latest incident. Do you think they got the suspension right, by the uh, way? Just before I, even get, before I even get into the suspension aspect, what the hell does indirectly mean? You listen to the sound. You're uh, hearing so, it from a source who's hearing it, is what I gather. But it's not the source. Mm-hmm. That's right. So you're hearing it from a source that knows the source, but it's not the source. Mm-hmm. Because then I see John Morant post the other day about somebody's capping on this one. Literally, there's a picture of a, a cap mm-hmm. above the quote of the report. He retweets it, takes it down, and then retweets it again mm-hmm. and holds firm in the sand about it. So... I'm confused about indirectly reporting on something. That's just my thing as a, as a former athlete. You do- like, is it directly from my camp? Because if it is from my camp, then report on that directly and and put your stamp on it. But it, well, he's but but he is saying indirectly. He's not saying directly. But so that's I, rumor, then, right? That's but, like but he that's feels rumor. that the source. I would presume that he feels the source is trustworthy, even though it's indirect. But you're right. The less direct the source, but I can feel a the more that, reason for doubt. I can feel a certain way and still keep that internal. It doesn't have to be reported on. I'm not reporting that. I, I, I may feel like, oh, man, it feels like people are out to get me. That's just where I am right now. But it doesn't mean like if I'm saying that in my inner camp that I want that to be reported on. Sure. You don't want it to be reported on. Nevertheless, you know, if it becomes public knowledge, it becomes public knowledge. But I do agree with you, Jay. That when you hear something is in, like, the more removed you are from the source, yes. the less reliable the information is, just generally. So I, I, I naturally question that as a former player, number one. Do number two, the, 25, the actual yeah. suspension, yeah. that it's, it's warranted to me. People wanted it to be more. Um, but if you're using the mark like Miles Bridges, who had a domestic violence case against him, which is 30 games, it's not that. Right? So. Right. Um, I hear what people are saying. I could give a damn less. 25 games is a lot of games. And by the way, he's losing a lot of money. $7.6 million on his actual contract. And then close to $50 million, like Brian Windhorst reported, when it's all said and done from endorsement cuts and things of that sort. That's a punch in the gut. Now, I hope it's enough. Like I tweeted, I hope it gives him the opportunity to learn and move forward. Um, the whole thing about it being a toy gun with the lighter. I don't even know why we would engage in that. I don't even know why we even put that out there. Why would you even do that? Just leave it alone. Let it be. And now the the proof is in your work, Max. The the problem is for me, and I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's too light. Not because the, the whatever he did, the infraction, the behavioral infraction, rises to a level above 25 games. It does not, I don't believe. But the idea is, is that going to be enough of a deterrent? It is not Adam Silver's job, in my view, to parent John Morant. He's doing what he can, clearly, clearly, not only to set an example, but to use it as a deterrent for 
Morant going forward in his behavior. However, he just lost $40 million by not making all NBA for any of the all NBA teams, one, two, or three. So now he's not eligible for the super duper max. So I don't know that this additional money he'll lose will serve as a deterrent. Time will tell. What's been the reaction to Jaw's suspension in Memphis? We're going to get into that here on KJM ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.